listening to the Faithology Podcast with John Barrett, where you'll hear great ideas, interviews, and inspiration to help maximize your spiritual growth. Hey guys, I'm John Barrett. Thanks for listening to the Faithology Podcast once again. If you're new, it's great to have you here listening. We've got great episodes in the past that you can go back to and listen to to level up your faith. But guys, thanks for tuning in today and being here today, listening wherever you may be. It's great to have you here. And guys, I'm believing God for a great episode today. I believe that we're going to get some great inspiration today, some great ideas from a guy in the Bible who is an awesome guy, one of my favorite characters, Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah was a great guy in the Bible who did something great for God. And this whole book of Nehemiah speaks to our life. You know, it's something that we can extract some great value from, and it's something that God can use to speak to us today. So I want to jump right in and just kind of walk through the life of Nehemiah and just kind of really illustrate all the things that he went through and how they compare to our life today and what we can learn from Nehemiah. So let's jump right in. I'm going to read some scripture to you guys today. Nehemiah 1, verse 1 through 4. Check out what it says. The words of Nehemiah. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, One of my brothers came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. And they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard of these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Check this out, guys. When Nehemiah gets the news about the Jewish remnant and and about everything that was going on in Jerusalem, check this out. The Bible says that he broke down, that that, that he began to, to pray and fast, and he wept. I mean, think about that for a minute. When Nehemiah got the news about the walls of Jerusalem, he literally wept with tears. You see, he had a burden. He had a passion for the city of God. See, Nehemiah found his dream and his calling. And he had a job there in the king's palace. He was the cup bearer to the king. I mean, this wasn't just a small job. This was like the, 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 the main role. I mean, this was a big deal. I mean, he had uh, lavish uh, um, uh, quarters, and he had an incredible life that he lived. He had everything he ever wanted, and yet when he heard about Jerusalem being in ruins, he wept. He had a burden, and you know what it is? It, it, it's a calling. You see, when you have got a burden about something, when you've got a, a something that grips your heart, that almost causes you to weep. When you look at something and you say, something should be done about that, that's when you know that you've got a calling from God. And there may be times in your life that God calls you from where you are to what you need to be doing. You see, Nehemiah, he was secure. He was safe in his job, but God had something greater for him. You know, people ask me a lot, John, how do I know what God's calling is for me in my life? And here's what I ask him. What do you have a passion for? What keeps you up at night that you're praying for? What drives you to tears because you see a need? 
What consumes your thoughts? You see, when Nehemiah got the news, he fasted and he prayed for the vision. How much are we willing to pursue our dreams and our purpose? Are we brought to our knees with a burden and a passion? And when you're brought to your knees by something that grips your heart, that you want to pray for it, you want something to be done about it, you think that it needs to change, that means that you've probably got a calling from God about that. You see, we don't get passionate about things that we're not called to. We don't feel a burden for things that we're not called to. It's because of that burden and that passion that we have a calling there. You see, when Nehemiah heard the news, he could have just passed on by, but he sees the opportunity. And I'm convinced that nobody wakes up in the morning and says, boy, I hope my life doesn't matter today. No, no, no. We all have a burden. We all want to be something that that we want our lives to be a part of. We want our lives to matter. You see, we want to make a difference. And when you've got something in your heart that is calling you to go after it and to change it, that lets you know that you've got a calling from God, a vision in your life. When you see something and you say, you know what, I want to step out. I want to be a part of the solution of that that's when you know that there's something that is stirring in your heart from God. Because every one of us want to be a part of something that matters. We all wake up and say, you know what? I want to be a part of purpose. I want to be a part of change. I want to be a part of something that's literally going to leave a legacy. And the question that you've got to ask yourself is, are you willing to pursue your purpose and your dreams and your burden? Are you willing to go after the opportunities and the things that are in front of you in order to capitalize on the dream and the vision that God put in your heart? You see, maybe God is calling you to go build a new wall in your life. I mean, maybe you're, you're there and you're just kind of going about life like Nehemiah was, but all of a sudden, there's this burden in your heart. There's a dream in your heart to build a new wall for God in your life. Maybe it's something you've never even anticipated, something you didn't even know. Maybe it's something that you felt all along your whole life, but you're in a point in your life where you're ready to make a change, make a difference. Maybe you feel that your dreams, maybe that those, those walls in your life, that they've been crushed, just like the city. I mean, think about it. when Nehemiah heard about Jerusalem being in ruins and in the city just being uh, the rubble just laying in, in, in the ruins of it. He was burdened by that. Maybe you feel like that, that your dreams are just kind of laying in, in rubbles and, and just kind of broken down. But I want you to know that now is the time to go re rebuild the walls. Now is the time to step out. You see, it's never too late. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care if you think, yeah, but I've had this burden for so long and nothing's happened. Or if you say, yeah, but I've had this burden, but things just keep coming against it and, and my, my dreams are in ruins. I want you to know it doesn't matter. It's never too late to start. I love the quote that says, though you can't go back and make a brand new start, my friend, you can start now and make a brand new end. You see, Nehemiah had a passion, a dream, and a vision. And I want you to grab a hold of your passion, your dream, and your vision. And don't be discouraged. It may seem like there's no way that it could be built up in your life, but I want you to know with God, there is always a way. Check this out. Nehemiah chapter two, verse one through eight. Check out what happened after Nehemiah. He, he had this burden and he fasted and he prayed and he got vision from God.
Check this out, what it says, Nehemiah 2, 1 through 8. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of the king, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness in your heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by the fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my fathers are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, How long will your journey take? And when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the king's forest, so that he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence." I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted my request. Think about this. Nehemiah had to give up his place as a cupbearer. He had to give up his comfort. It's what he knew how to do. Think about this for a minute. He didn't know much about building walls, but he knew how to be a cupbearer. You see, God will call you to something that you may know nothing about. You may just have a burden and think, but how am I going to ever do that? You see, you don't have to be an expert to start. Listen, you don't have to be qualified to start. It's God who qualifies you. And when you've got a burden in your heart, don't be discouraged by thinking, yeah, but how could I ever do it? I don't have the resources. You need to understand that if God called you to it, he will see you through it. I mean, think about this for a minute. You've got to just get going and trust God. That's what faith is all about. Faith is not stepping out when you've got everything you need. Faith is about stepping out even when you're unsure of what lies ahead. It's trusting God. When Nehemiah went, he didn't have the resources. He didn't have the know-how on how to build the walls, but he asked the king, he said, King, will you give me what I need when I go? And the king said, yes. Listen, you need to understand that you serve an even greater king than Nehemiah did. We serve God Almighty, the King of the universe. And if he's called you to do something, he will resource you. He will give you what you need. Listen, very rarely do we start in our dreams at the championship level. I mean, think about it. We don't start knowing all the answers. We don't start as an expert. We don't start as a champion. No, you don't come out of the womb knowing everything there is to know about what God called you to do. But it's in the journey, it's in the going that we get what we need. It's when we step out that God provides. Listen, when we have vision, God will give the provision for it. He will give you what you need. I I can remember when I first started in ministry. Guys, I had no money. I came out of high school. I mean, I was going to go to college and, and do all these things. But then God called me to do an internship at a church. It was a good-sized church, but you know what? They gave me $75 a week. That's it. I mean, that was full-time, $75 a week, and I devoted my life 
to getting involved in mentors and getting involved in the church and the ministries of the church. And I got involved in everything, even things I didn't even, I wasn't even passionate about, but I got involved so that I could learn, so that God could open up a way. Listen, I had no money. I had no experience in all this stuff, but I just stepped out. And it was because of that that God began to open up doors of opportunity. Listen, you will have to sacrifice for the for the vision that God has for you. You're gonna have to give up in order to go up. There's always a price that you've gotta pay. And listen, you never stop paying it. it you can say, but yeah, but, but I paid a price a long time ago. No, no, no. The further you go, the higher the price. Don't think that it gets cheaper, guys. The cost of living always goes up. And the cost of faith always goes up. The more that you want to step out and fulfill your purpose, the more it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your your comfort. It's going to cost you uh, something in your life. The price is different for everyone. So don't compare prices. I mean, mean, don't do that. I I can remember Peter's question in, 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 in the book of John. You know, Jesus tells Peter how, how he will die and, and, and that. And then Peter says, well, what about John? What, what about him? And, and Jesus basically looks and says, what is it to you? You don't worry about him. You worry about the life that I've called you to live. Listen, there's always going to be a sacrifice, guys. You've got to sacrifice status for significance. You've got to sacrifice your fear for faith, your comfort for courage, Listen, there's always gonna be a price and it's gonna be different for everybody. But you've gotta understand that that if you're truly gonna step out, you've gotta pay the price. You've gotta step out and just say, God, I don't know what lies ahead. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I trust that you're gonna give me all that I need in order to move forward. In Nehemiah chapter two, 11, verse 18, check out what happens next. Nehemiah says, I went to Jerusalem And after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few men. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night, I went out through the valley gate toward the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved on toward the fountain gate and the king's pool but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or where I was doing, what I was doing, because as yet I had said nothing to the Jews or the priest or nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. Nehemiah rallied the people to find their place on the wall. You see, God is calling you to find your place on the wall. You see, we all have a place. Listen, no matter where you're at, you have got a place, whether it's with your your family, is a husband or a wife or a mother or a father or a coworker or being a worshiper, 
Whatever it is, you have got a place that God has called you to. Get doing something. Don't just sit around waiting for your big breakthrough. Get on the wall and get rebuilding. Listen, some of you have got a dream on your heart and and you're stuck because you're not sure where to start. Can I just tell you, you better just get going. I listen to a lot of people that say, John, I just feel God's called me into ministry to, to make a difference and to lead ministries, and, 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 and they're just waiting for a church to call them and to say, hey, will you come and do this? We'll pay you and lead all of our ministries. Listen, here's what I tell them. Listen, you just better start doing ministry now. If they work in, in a cubicle, I say, hey, who, who do you got around you that you can start leading to the Lord? Well, John, what do you mean? And not at work. I want to be in the church. I want to be leading ministries. So listen, your greatest ministry is right where you're at. If you're not going to be faithful with that, how is God ever going to open up greater opportunities? You know, I hear people say, well, I want to be a pastor. And I say, okay, what are you doing the pastor people right now? They say, well, you don't understand. I don't have a church yet. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to have a church. You can pastor people and shepherd them right around you, your coworkers, your family, your friends. What are you doing to to act and operate like a pastor now? Listen, just get on the wall. God will elevate you to something greater, but you got to be faithful to what you've got. Listen, you may not be the main craftsman right now. You you may not be the, the guy that's leading everyone on the wall like Nehemiah, but you've got a place on that wall. Listen, you got to pick up your hammer and just start building what God is calling you to build. Your time will come as you are faithful to build. If you feel called to something, start operating as though you're already there. If it's missions, I mean, I hear people say all the time, I love to go on the mission field and go tell people about Jesus. I say, great, what are you doing to tell your friends and neighbors about him? What? Well, you don't understand. I want to go to a third world country and tell them about Jesus. Well, that's great. But what are you doing right now just to tell your neighbor about Jesus? Listen, you be faithful with that and God will bring you more. So I want you to understand and the lesson we can learn from them is this. Get going on the wall. When Nehemiah said, we got to rebuild the walls, the people said, let us start rebuilding. They didn't say, well, well, Nehemiah, you don't understand. I mean, where where am I going to be? What am I going to do? And I don't know if I have the resources. I don't know if I have the stuff that I need. And and where am I supposed to go? And how am I supposed to do this? And, And Nehemiah, I mean, give me a position on the wall. No, they just started rebuilding. They just picked up the hammer and they went. So I want you to understand that we've got to do the same. Check out what happens next. Nehemiah chapter four, seven through eight. But when Sanballat and Tobiah, the Arabs, the uh, Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod heard about the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. Listen, Sanballat and Tobiah, they were the enemies. They were the enemies of Israel, and they were saying, listen, we heard about the walls going back up, and so they started the plot together. Listen, I want you to understand that as you start stepping out and rebuilding and building the walls that God is calling you to do, you better look out for Sanballat and Tobiah. They are going to come. The question is not if they come, it's when they come, what are you going to do? Listen, you got to understand that there's going to be challenges, guys. There's going to be obstacles to your dream. If you expect smooth waters, listen, you're going to come into a big storm. 
You've got to understand that there are going to be obstacles and hurdles, but that's okay. Look what James chapter one tells us in verse two through four. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So listen, consider it a good sign when resistance comes your way. Listen, a lot of people say, I don't understand. I'm trying to step out for God, but there's so much resistance. Here's what I tell them. Great. That means you're probably going somewhere. Listen, there are going to be people and things that try to come against you and try to stop you from building the wall. People will start saying things, maybe even family members that say, what are you doing trying to do this dream? You can't do that. Maybe situations just aren't aren't turning out easily. Maybe you're running into obstacles. Maybe the enemy's coming after you. Maybe it's your security. Maybe it's comfort. And there's just struggles. You think, I didn't know this was going to be so hard and it was going to take so much time. Guys, there is going to be a Sanballa and a Tobiah that come against you. But listen, So many people never build the walls because they meet opposition and they quit. Listen, don't be a quitter. The higher the level you achieve, the greater temptation you're going to receive. For every new level, there's a whole new devil. And you've got to learn how to navigate through the negativity. Listen, the only way to do that is for God to be your compass. You're going to hit rough waters, but you've got to stay the course, guys. You're going to get into some turbulent times, but you've got to keep your eyes on the goal. You've got to keep your eyes on the compass and understand what true north is. And you've got to go after that which God called you to do. Some of you are listening to me right now and you are discouraged. And I want to tell you, be encouraged because God is going to break through when you step up. When you begin to go, when you begin to get your heart in the right place and you don't allow discouragement to set in, God is going to begin to show up in greater ways in your life. And I want you to understand that you can do this. If God called you to it, he'll see you through it. He'll get you through it. But you got to understand you're going to have resistance. Don't think it's weird when you're facing trials of many kinds, as the Bible says. It's not weird. It's the testing of your faith. And you've got to persevere. And perseverance has got to finish its work because God has got something for you. Check out what happens now in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15 through 16. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 15 two days. When our all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. I love that. The enemy lost its confidence because they saw that God's work was done, that God is the one who did it, and they knew that God was on their side. Nehemiah finished strong. The walls were completed. Listen, guys, we've got to hang in there to the end. Life is a marathon, not a short sprint. And it's a marathon of hurdles. It's not just an open road. There are no shortcuts in life, guys. You know, we want it fast, right? I mean, we've got diets and crash diets and drive throughs and all this stuff. I mean, we want it quick. We want it fast. We don't want to wait. We, we want it to be now. We want the microwave success. Stick it in the microwave for a few seconds and it's heated up, ready to go. But guys, listen, God's calling is more like an oven. 
It's something that we've got to allow it to bake in its proper time. It's day by 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 day that we get to greatness. It's not something you wake up overnight and say, oh, I'm here. Wow, how did I get here? This is amazing. No, no, no. It's day by day. Remember this. I I love this statement. Remember, life is nothing more than the sum total of many successful years. A successful year is nothing more than the sum total of many successful months. A successful month is nothing more than the sum total of many successful weeks. A successful week is nothing more than the sum total of many successful days. That's why practicing successful habits day in and day out is the most certain way to win over the long term. Guys, I want you to know that God is calling you to something great. God is calling you to greatness. God is calling you to a wall to build in your life but I want you to be encouraged. Listen, you gotta hang in there, guys. It's all about having endurance, and endurance is all about having patience. Patience to hang in there when the going gets tough. Guys, listen, it's those that overcome the obstacles that are the ones that achieve great things for God. It's not the ones who who quit because the road got tough. It's not the ones who gave up along the journey. And I want you to know that you may just be days away from a breakthrough. Listen, I understand there's many of you that are struggling with some big challenges in your life right now. And I want you to know that you just need to hang in there. I want you to know that it's your perseverance that God is gonna honor, that God is gonna reward but I don't want you to give up. I see so many people, guys, and they have so many dreams in their heart and they're trying to do great things for God, but they just, they don't feel like they're catching any traction. They don't feel like it's making a difference. But I want you to know that it's it's through the process of endurance that you begin to see fruit. Think about if you went to go uh, uh, plant a seed overnight. You know, it's not gonna produce a great harvest, You're not going to wake up the next morning and go, oh my gosh, look at all this fruit. This is amazing. No, in fact, it's going to take a long time. And you can't keep digging up the roots to see if it's growing. You know, imagine if you planted that seed and nothing came up after a few days and then a few weeks and even a few months. And you said, gosh, what's going on? And and then you said, well, I got to see what's going on. Maybe it's not working. And then you dug up all the roots and then to see what that seed was doing. That's what so many people do. They're they're believing God for great things, but they're not seeing them as fast as they wanted. So they're going back, and they're, they're starting to dig back into their fears. They're starting to dig into discouragement. They're starting to dig into questions and, and, and all these things of fear, doubt, and unbelief. And as a result, they're just digging up the seed. And it doesn't have time to produce because we get so fearful that something's not happening. Faith is about staying in the ground. Faith is about planting that seed and allowing it to do what God has called it to do. And I want you to understand that it's going to require some patience on your end. It's going to require you to kind of sit back and say, you know what? I'm okay. I'm all right because this will happen in God's time. Listen, it's not our job to determine the timing. It's God's job. We plant, we water, we do what we can, but it's God who provides the increase. It's God who makes the seed come to life. And you be patient with that. 
you know, I, I tell people all the time, I do a lot of blogging and writing and that online. And, and one of the things I tell people is I say, you know what, even if nobody read any of my stuff, I do it anyway. You know why? Because I know that the seed that that is producing in my life will one day produce great fruit. You see, it's not about how many people are reading my books or blog posts or whatever. It's not necessarily about that. It's about me being faithful to what God has called me to do. God will determine how far that will go. God will draw the people that need to get there to read it for for the time that they need to, to see it. But my job is not to to be worried about that. I don't have to be worried about, well, how many people are reading this and and, and how many people are getting a hold of it. No, no, no. My job is to be faithful to write. My job is to be faithful to to craft things that are going to impact people and to get better at it. Because as I develop my skill to be a writer, then I know that God will honor that and that God will refine that ability so that people then will begin to see it and they'll begin to be impacted by it so that their life can be changed. So I want you to know what is it that you're doing that maybe you feel discouraged in and I want you to know that I want you to keep going. Learn from Nehemiah today, friends, and understand that God wants you to build a great wall, a great thing in your life. And I want you to know that if he called you to it, he'll see you through it, guys. So listen, I hope this helped you today. I hope it gave you some inspiration. I hope it gave you some nuggets to to learn and glean from. Guys, I love you. I thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Go back and listen to some other ones and tell some friends about this podcast so that they can be impacted by it as well. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Faithology Podcast. To get more of John's resources, visit his website at www.johnbarrettblog.com.